HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to the Grape Nation, your weekly wine journey. Our guest is Raj Park. We'll talk to Raj about Phelan Farm, and maybe we'll get to his exhausting multitude of other projects, but I really want to talk to him about Phelan. Um, we'll taste. Raj brought in, uh, I guess it's a pet nat from Phelan. We're going to taste that towards the end of the show for the uh, weekly wine sip. I'm your host, Sam Ben Ruby. Stay with us for the Grape Nation on the Heritage Radio Network. We bring wine to the people. Rajpar no longer needs an introduction. He is one of the most prolific wine people in the world. His legendary palate, his instinctive winemaking, and his commitment to regenerative farming have steered him to his passion Phelan Farm in Cambria, California. Raj has traded his nomadic global lifestyle to resident farmer and makes soulful spiritual wines. Welcome to the Great Nation, Raj. Ah, thank you. Good I to didn't be have back. to go list all the million things back to Michael Mina. We've done that, been there, <laughs> you know? All right, so we're talking to Raj at VaynerMedia in New York City. Raj, uh, thank you. Thank you to my friend Gary Vaynerchuk and Vayner for their hospitality. Um, I told you this off air, Raj. This is our 250th episode. Amazing. So, you know, that's somewhat significant. It's not 237. It's not 256. It's 250, you know. So I said, listen, I got to do something special. So I figured you were coming in town for uh, your portfolio tasting. So I timed it. So that's why we're sitting down and... uh, it was by intent and with pleasure that I asked you uh, to do this episode. Thank you. It's, it's an honor to be here. Yep. And it's a pleasure to have you. So, and I've seen you a little in between, which was nice. 
But up until recently, between Phelan and COVID, you weren't traveling much. And I actually traveled out and saw you, and you really weren't traveling. You were talking about just leaving. So quickly, tell me a couple things. What brings you to New York? And I just found out that you have some other travel plans. Yep. Just tell me quickly about the travel. Yeah, and yeah. you've been a few places, too. We can go yeah, backwards. yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's you know, the first, uh, I guess, in 21, I didn't really go to many places. And uh, 2022, a little travel. But, you know, when you are farming, uh, yeah, the opportunities are, yeah, just a few. You can travel in the winter, maybe a little bit in the spring. But then the summer, you can't really go anywhere in, until the harvest is over. So, uh, especially if you don't have any employees. Uh, I have one employee currently, and I will uh, hire uh, two more people this year so I can uh, uh, get more things done. And if I need to take a trip, I can take a trip because without that, it's, you know, you're, you're always in one place. So you, you came to show your wines with your uh, importer distributor. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I came for the Grand Cru tasting. Grand Cru tasting. Yeah. And you mentioned to me, I didn't know until. You came in here. You're going to the Jura. Yeah, next. I, I usually go uh, every March because uh, that's we have many Jura varieties planted at at Fallon Farm and and uh, the, the tasting, a big tasting there in, in March, uh, which I go for every year, and just to learn and and see how they've they've done their pruning. They, they, usually, they don't finish all of it by March, but uh, I think well, depends on the weather, weather and see, but. You know, things we learned from from how know. many uh, how many different people are you going to see? Are you planting yourself um, with a couple, or you want to bop yeah, around? Bop around, you know. Of course, you know when you go to someone like Stefan Tissot or, or to right. Jean François Ganva, it's not a short tasting. You're there for five six hours, so you know you can you can walk in there. And say, yeah, I got a, another appointment in an hour. You, you know, you're, you're committed no, for the whole day at not least. Those guys, but yeah. they, that works for you anyway. Are you walking the vineyards with them too? Yeah, because you know they have vineyards around for sure. Yeah, you know, that's because uh, one of the key things I learned is is you know how they're pruning and and you know uh, there's been some extreme uh, weather conditions and what we've had in California and what they're having in France. It's, so it's, you know, I want to hear what they think about it because it's been, last year we had a really dry year and they had a wet year in 21. This year we had a really wet year. So, I mean, there's no comparison because yeah, the, the you get insights are, to certain situations. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's it's something to something to learn and, and kind of take in consideration when you're working your own vines. Here's an amateur question. When you're pruning and you're pruning varietals that are you know, indigenous or popular in the Jura. And I know we'll talk about it in a minute, the varietals, you know, you've introduced to Phelan. Is the pruning different varietal by varietal? Or um, pruning is pruning per se? No, it, it is It is different when you prune. But but even in Jura, they'll do different things. People will do either do Gyo or they'll do, or do Cordon. But yeah, when you when you're pruning uh, Trousseau and Pulsar, for example, two very different red grapes, and you know you short prune Pulsar and you kind of do a long pruning on okay. on Trousseau because you know, and it depends on the vigor of the place and yeah, so it's just you know I think I'll have to see at least ten vineyards to kind of figure out as as <laughs> as what different people do. Are so. you you have these varietals planted and you've vintage them already? 
Are you confident you're doing all the right stuff? I know you always want to learn, but I mean, you haven't screwed anything up, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's Pulsar is definitely the hardest grape. Is it? Uh, it's hard. Even the Jura, they, they kind of you know, call it evil themselves. So they are kind of, and with the climate change, it's definitely, you know, really, it, it really is uh, something you want to kind of, you know, uh, keep, keep with you had it for that long. They've had it there for that long, but it's getting harder and harder. And, and so everything warm. that's thrown at them, early frosts, earlier or later, harvest, all that stuff needs adjustment, right? Yeah, I think I think it's it's globally happening, and yeah. we all have to adjust. Some regions worse. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, I just want to kind of understand what what they're what they're doing, and kind of because you know the things will you know the same problems will come to us or or the other way around. Yeah. Um, before we talk about Phelan. And we didn't really, you know, like I said, you don't need an introduction and I didn't want to get into stuff. But there's something I'm curious about. And I've known you, but I don't know the details. I'm curious about the road to Phelan Farm. Like, what was that path that literally you're devoting, you know, your life to it? I mean, there had a, you know, maybe meeting Greg Phelan or COVID. I mean... Yeah, you know yeah, why yeah. are you doing? But but yeah. I, I need some stops along the way. Which yeah yeah no you know it's, it's the journey started when Greg Phelan came to us and 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 offered us grapes because uh, uh, in 2016 and Sashi and myself we bought some of the grapes for Sandy and then we kind of kept that going for Sandy and then eventually and I asked him if I, if I can graft some different grapes and he said yeah sure so he started to graft. Different varietals, the ones I loved, uh, but quietly doing it without. There was not, you know, we didn't. It wasn't uh, something we were talking about. And then, and then, twenty uh, twenty came around and pre-COVID, like before that March or after? well, it was like you know, no, it was, it was definitely deep in COVID, and there okay. was you know, everyone probably had a moment of like reflection on what, you know, what will the world look like? Because we didn't know one was I'll be out for six months, for two years, five years, the rest of our life. We had no, no idea. It was it was it was a vacuum. So at that point, I decided to kind of uh, you know change my my trajectory of my life and and give farming a, a shot because I've never farmed a vineyard before. And so I spoke to Sashi and kind of like decided like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna live in Cambria and kind of. Uh, you know, lead a different life and still be involved in Sandy and Domodoro Coast and Evening Land and still do do as much as I can. But, you know, my day-to-day life would be in Cambria. And so then we worked towards that goal and kind of hired a team of, you know, people who kind of uh, do things that I used to do and kind of, you know, and I wanted to kind of full-time just, you know, work in the vines and, and, and uh, yeah, and, and then... And then, you know, of course, I have no knowledge about the farming. So it was a really wonderful winter of 2020. I'll never forget. I moved to Cambria and rented this big house with a friend of a friend's house. And and, and I just kind of spent most of my time reading and, and, and just studying and very quiet. And it was for many, many months. It's I was a just quiet focused. town. Yeah, quiet town. And just like just reading about, you know, farming and listening to a lot of podcasts and, and talking to people and getting ideas of what and how, you know, I would farm these vines because I've never farmed 
many years. So it was just like, you just, you know, so I started with, uh, in the winter of 20, we first, you know, got chickens and, and then first we got sheep, then we got dogs, then we got chickens. Then I learned how to kind of move them, graze, you know, graze through the vineyards. And all these things are like, you know, slowly I, you know, I've learned how to manage the animals. And then you learn pruning and you learn, you know, what, you know, what do you spray in the vines? And a lot of the things we do is very experimental and kind of not in any book or not really, uh, you know. Uh, so you've tried things that you didn't necessarily read about summing somebody using as an application. Yeah. You decided to get Pacific coast water yeah something that's growing on the property mix it up and spray yeah. it yeah you... yeah i mean i you know i'm I mean, one of the examples is something we've done now it's the third year doing it this year is you know we i'm from india and you know we i read about ayurvedic um uh, applications and so we take uh turmeric grown locally in around not far from cambria and we ferment that with ocean water and then we kind of uh, mix it up uh, with some honey and use that as a kind of feed the feed the microbes. And then we kind of, in the end, kind of, you know, mix it. So that's in. more to feed the microbes yeah, than so first, treats, you know, whether yeah, it's so a mildew so, or something. So, so, we, so we brew it. Right. So it's kind of, a, you know, and that's the first spray after the pruning, you know. So that's like before bud breaks. So it's just kind of an antiseptic spray. on, And that's something... You know, we've used neem oil with that also. So, you know, that's something we've kind of came up with ourselves. And we do a lot of kind of, uh, you know, these little experimental mixes and, you know, things that kind of... Uh, Did you, have you ever done something where you sprayed it and the next day everything was dead? No. <laughs> no I mean, you're too smart No, no, that. no, not dead. But, you know, but, we, but, you know we, we once did a spray. Um, I forgot what exactly... And it definitely, we, you know, we might have sprayed it too late in the day. And right. So some of the, some of the leaves definitely got burnt. So, you know, things we, yeah. we learned, like, you know, just, you know, because we had this Italian tractor, not tractor, sorry, Italian sprayer, which kind of breaks all the time. So it kind of gets slow sometimes. That's funny. <laughs> right. You're, it's like, <laughs> You're like one spot a little hard. Yeah, right? but, but <laughs> we, you know, it's like, you know, we use, we, use, we use a Kubota. We don't use tractors in the vineyard. So, you know. Uh, this Italian machine is uh, special. So, you know, you alluded to a couple things that, you know, we'll maybe get to towards the end. You know, you, you and Sashi Mormon, who's a friend and partner, um, you know, own and oversee two magnificent wine companies. Like you said, Sandy and Domaine Delacote. Um, I mean, you made the decision and understood what you were doing? Like you knew you were going to be somewhat reclusive, kind of singularly focused. I mean, it, w w what was going on in your life? You've been there, done it type thing? Or uh, it's a, it's a fairly, yeah. I wouldn't say drastic because it's great, but it's a fairly you know interesting move. Yeah, I was like really tired of just being on a plane all the time and tired of just all the travel and, Eating, caught up drinking and caught up just yeah so it was you know it was it was uh, it was a lot and it was fun but it was a lot uh, so 
and you know, also when, when, when the pandemic was, you know, in the deep dark days of the pandemic, you're looking inside and say, what have you done to contribute for the pandemic? Right. And I was like, I flew so much. It was crazy. I, know. I mean, you, you just look at, you know, the, your, 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 your carbon footprint of, you know, it's, it's just lost. So, so then what do you give back in, in a very small way? I'm like, yeah, if I like to stay in one place and find a purpose to kind of, uh, do something meaningful, uh, for, for me, for the environment. And, and, you know, you can never turn back the clock and unring the bell, but you can try to, uh, improve, uh, somewhat. Right. In, 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 I mean, that people are flitting around and flying and, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, you've kind of reversed that in a way. Um, I want you to tell us a little more, you know, about Phelan Farm. Um, it sounds ideal for what you want to do. Is it ideal or it kind of came to you and it looked pretty good and you were able, you know, to mold it? I mean, and, you know, the other question is, you know, why is Phelan and Cambria so ideal? Yeah, I mean, you know, in California, it's it's hard to, uh, you know, to rent small, small pieces of uh, of land and vineyards. And here we are. The the the, the, film farm, the family moved there in you know 1850s, and um, it was a ranch and and then they planted the vineyards in um, uh, 2007. So 2007. You know, yeah. So it was basically a farmland thing, no yeah. wine up until no, yeah, there was it was less just, than a couple of decades. Yeah, ago. it was just uh, it was just uh, cattle. So now they still have cattle, and then they have avocado, uh, avocados, and we have vineyards. I planted a small apple orchard, and hopefully we can start growing some vegetables a little bit. So explain something to me. I was fortunate enough to meet you out there, and it's a slice of land, you know, with some diversity, again, which we'll talk about. But the property... Beyond your eleven, twelve, yeah. you know, acres, just goes it, on. Yeah, eleven hundred acres. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, eleven hundred. acres. So then, when I was there looking around, everything around was pretty much theirs, yeah. except to maybe one side or something. Yeah, everything on 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 the um, on the east side, uh, driving up the canyon, it was all the family's property, and that's where the cattle graze. And so, so the. There were no treatments and a lot of natural yeah, fertilizer. Yeah, yeah, totally. And we use, we use uh, uh, the cow manure for our compost. And yeah, so it's, it's a zero-waste environment. So all the pumice from the, from the vintage and then the vine cuttings plus any trees and shrubs that have been broken down during the storms, we use all of that for our, for our compost with the, with, the, with the dried manure of the, of the cows on the property. So it's the... We you know we keep everything quite uh, wow. quite um, internal. Describe it to me. It's it's not like a box canyon, but it sort of is. Yeah, it's a canyon. Yeah, it's a canyon. It's like you know, it's a thin canyon which runs alongside a creek. Uh, Steiner Creek. Yeah, Steiner Creek. Which most times is a beautiful thing, but lately it's been a pain in the ass. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Flooding. Yeah, yeah, with the with the with the, the rain we've had this yeah. year, it's definitely definitely causing some trouble to the road because it's not a real road. It's just you know just run a bulldozer and keep the road flat. But uh, the road and the fencing has definitely 
definitely been uh, tested uh, this year. But it's a, it's a canyon with four different parcels, and uh, the soils are quite different in the four parcels, so we kind of keep them. And, you know, so, you know, we have different varieties planted on the four parcels. And what about... Um Like climate and weather. I mean, does it play to what you love to do, which is cooler climate? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Was that built in? Is that yeah. one of the attractions there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you liked it anyway? And this no, is no, it's definitely very uh, unusual climate because we pick most of the varieties in October, and we barely get a twelve percent alcohol. Uh, it's it's so it's, it's it's a very you know, we have we have Varasian usually in uh, in September. That's late, uh, right? Yeah, late. Super late. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah. So we have uh, yeah, and it's a lot of uh, the the mildew pressure is pretty high, and it, you know, it, it's quite moist and 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 foggy there. It, you know, this year we've had I don't know, probably had like sixty inches of rain already. Wow, but that's and, unusual. Right? Uh, unusual, yeah, yeah. Last year was twenty, but. But apparently, uh, the old timers were like that was normal. Uh, so, you know, it's it's uh, it's definitely and you know, in, in the in the summer months, you know, you barely get any days above seventy five. Um, so you know, it definitely that is. location, just yeah. the yeah, um, but that works well for you. Um, so, you're kind of living a big dream. What's What's ironic to me is, and again, I've been there, so I've kind of seen it. You're living this big dream with a small crew. I thought you had two people working for you. Um, yeah. it, it's a bot, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. who's your fellow farmer, and yeah. you know, everyone else, you know, could come in. Um, I mean, how do you run the vineyard? I mean, during the course of most of the year, you guys can do the basic stuff. You bring yeah. people into prune, obviously, to harvest. Yeah, so pruning is done mostly by friends. Okay. Uh, Abe Schoners, you know, and and, and yeah, he brings a friend Kaylee, and and then friends, friends, friends come and help us, and we have uh, um, a crew, and we can kind of do that over three, four weeks, you know. The pruning for the eleven acres or so yeah. is a three, four week project to go vine yeah. to vine. Yeah, okay. and we can we can get that done, and then like usually like we we start our sprays will be like you know middle of March soil sprays, and then the foliar sprays will start, and then you know after that it's just uh, it gets really uh, kind of intense when you shoot thinning, and then when you're like just keeping the canopy in check, you know, just like leaf pulling or it, so. It, there's it, always something. Yeah, we, we we get cruising right. sometimes, like you know, maybe twice a year to help us. We get behind, you know. So some friends come and they want to come hang out. I'm like, yeah, you want to come work in the vineyard one day with me and <laughs> right get a, get a couple hours of work out of them. So right, um, <laughs> and you do the same for harvesting. I would guess you'd bring yeah, we, in. yeah, we harvest a lot ourselves and a lot by with the crews, depending on. On, look, do you have to go to outside crews or you can get enough friends and stuff to pick? Yeah, sometimes friends. Sometimes we can get some guys from Paso to come to come help us. Um, yeah, it just depends. But this year I'm going to, you know, I told you I'm hiring one more person. Um, what? Another farmer? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. One more person in the vineyard to, to, on, a, on a set of eyes, you know? Right. Um, 
that'll be uh, hopefully that'll uh, help you too. Do, does everyone harvest like you, you were talking about Verizon, Verizon late harvesting? Is that the area or that's literally, you know, your situation because how you're set up? I think it's the area and the varietals we have, you know, like, right. um, but it's definitely everything is quite late. Right. In Cambria compared right. to other places I know. All right. So now I want to get into, you know, some speci specifics and all that. I want to further discuss your farming and your winemaking um, because now you're able to apply what you want to apply, grow what you want to grow. I mean, you know, it kind of all comes together. Um, so let's start with farming, which really has always been the focus of what makes a good wine. For some silly reason, it took podcasts or other people to say, if the grapes aren't <laughs> made well in the vineyard, it's not, you know, everybody kind of knows that now. Um, it's BS. Um, so you've created... And my words may be right. They may be. You've created like this ecosystem. <clears throat> it involves permaculture, organics, biodynamics. I mean, it's fair to um, pinpoint regenerative farming and all of that. Um, I mean, tell me about that. That's that was always you were ready to go in and do that. But you said you were flying so much, big carbon footprint. How do I pull it back? by thoughtfully farming. I mean, but, but you've set up, the, I mean, you, and I want you to talk, I mean, you, you got sheep running around. You got yeah. Yeah. I mean, we kind of, you know, after when I went in 2020, the winter, when I just was alone and just reading books and trying to kind of figure out what I want to do. Uh, you know, I had read many books on biodynamics and, and sort of podcasts on regenerative and kind of created my own kind of idea. <clears throat> I don't, I don't per se um, say I follow one specific pr principle or idea, but I kind right. of do a collaborative. It's definitely, the basis is definitely regenerative. So it's, the vineyards have never been tilled, have never been uh, plowed. Um, so talk about that for a minute. Tilled and plowed, you know, people can't imagine is a machine or even people and a horse breaking up the land between and around the vineyards. You don't do that. Why? That's a regenerative practice, right? Yeah, it's a regenerative practice to keep, or, you know, mostly to keep all the fungal matter, all the all the vine connection all under the ground and not disturbing that, sequestering the carbon, the carbon we've collected and had and, and what's been building up below the surface. So we don't uh, allow that to, you know, we have... Um, a different kind of nutrient break, uh, breakdown happening below the soil. Once you rip it, the vines, of course, get the energy very quickly if you if you do rip it, but then you do lose that and it takes years to kind of build that back. So that's one of the principles of regenerative farming. And then the animals, uh, which we incorporated, of, of uh, sheep live with us the whole year. I mean, there's some people either have sheep themselves or some people um, rent sheep right. for, for mob grazing. We kind of have have kind of have them a year around smaller crew yeah smaller crew and then we're gonna have electric fencing we move them by watching because different years are different growth of how much of the cover crops growing so and then the goal is that by the end of the season they would have kind of gone through the 
every parcel and every piece of the parcel and eaten enough. So we still, it's not completely eaten, but they also give us, give us back, you know, all the, all, all of the graze back in manure, which right. is, which is helpful for yeah. the soil. So, and we do a lot of composting. We either put compost extracts in the soil, uh, compost uh, after the harvest in, in the fall and really kind of try to build up that fungal matter uh, to have a kind of a healthy soil um, for vines because uh, different different agricultural um, products will have different uh, fungal bacteria breakdown. We need to be at minimum two to one ratio from fungal to uh, bacteria. Oh, really? Minimum and get to, you know, hopefully get to five to one. And then those healthy soils will then kind of prevent the, the vines from really um, um, any diseases. You know, we kind of follow the idea what, you know, Dr. Elaine Ingham has been right. preaching and, and kind of, you know, tr instead of, you know, killing uh, the disease coming to your vines or any, to any agricultural um Proactive, uh, not reactive. Exactly. Try right. to kind of make the soils right. healthier so then the soils can um, really, you know, prevent that from happening to the to the vines. Tell me one thing I don't understand. Um, Re-explain it to me. Um, obviously, everything underneath is important. So you feed it above and it leads, you know, manure and treatments and what you don't put in and all of that. I didn't get the part when you break up the land. If you in fact till, yeah, what happens to the vines? They, they, well, they're taking no, more energy out. No, of the so, so when you have, so basically the, the nutrients that are in reserve under the under the ground. Right. When you break the soil, you are of course releasing that. The vines are really happy to get it, but then it's a very short. Uh, it's a very short time. They get everything, and then the the, the soil again becomes compact and it like again you know it solidify and and also in the same process you've then you've you've lost the carbon you sequestered for the whole year right but then the third thing is that you've also broken the network all the microorganisms all the you know all the fungal network you have under the ground is disturbed so you know you've changed your little ecosystem very quickly by just one and and you know this is an argument you can have you can have forever and there are pros and cons to doing this but uh, for the long run of the planet you know that is one of the most important things you don't want to disturb is what's happening uh, most of you've seen the movie or the on mushrooms and you know how 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 they are no. the most, how they're the most important you know yeah. Paul, Paul Stamets is like the you know, he's been talking about it for a long, long time of how important these mycorrhizae, fungi, sure. you know, un, well, how they work under the ground because we only see what's happening above the ground. Right. And we don't see what's happening under the ground because before a vineyard was a vineyard, they were grown wild. And when they grow wild, you know, they need the help of the trees around them and whatever's happening around them. So for me, right. the, one of the main interactions was, was, was in field and farm was to see this connection between these forests we have around the vineyards and their influence on the wine. So when you have the wine, you feel that kind of energy, energy, or the or participation yeah, of them being there. Exactly, and and you and you get that kind of herbal tone. You get that you know it's not just full of fruit, and it's you know you get those kind of 
It's the Jeez. old Heights eucalyptus yeah. story. You yeah, know, the yeah, vineyards yeah. are by eucalyptus trees and you right, taste right. it in the, the wine, yeah, right? Yeah, so here you get, you know, you get some of that because that foresty kind of... So, know. I mean, everyone should be doing it. Virtually no one is, you know, not just thoughtful farming, but regenerative. Um, as far as what would kind of push people away does it cost more money to do it does it require more of your manpower is it harder i mean is it all those things that you commit to or it's not even that big of a deal i, I mean i think it is it is a big deal in the beginning because to get it going to get it going to say you're not going to do things that are a natural a process for 99.9 percent .9 of the agriculture on the planet right. and you do okay i will not do i will do it this way um you know your yields are uh could be um it could be really rough for that we had very low yields last year you know so you know if someone takes on this situationally that's not going to be the circumstance going forward it could be but you know but, yeah you it, didn't kill your yields because of that yeah. Maybe less, but that's the consequence. Yeah, also the dry year, okay. and we had a lot of right. kind of things that happened. You got hit hard then, and, and, and came together and, and created that. But I know for the long run, <clears throat> it's gonna it's gonna be the best for 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 the place, and it's something very important globally because I think that uh, we should and we will see more uh, labels with regenerative farming on them because I think that's the way you kind of you know. You know that it's, of course, it's organic, but then you're taking it a step up, you know. you're taking. I was going to ask you that. So by, it would be nice to read a label and the wine, the farmer's regenerative. Also food. I mean, I've seen milk. I've seen, I've seen meat products. Me too. And now Me too. I, Even in a restaurant when they source their, you know, from the regenerative farm of the Jones family. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, I think, it's, yeah. I, think, I think, you know, it's just that, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, th I think that the term is being used a lot now, but you really have to put in the work. And, and as I said, it, you know, the, the for, it's, it's not more expensive, right? It's, you don't. Okay. It, it's not more expensive because so cost is not an issue. The cost is not what the it's real, commitment. It's the commitment of knowing that you know your yield could suffer for three to ten years. It just depends. You know, it depends on the situation. Every, every like I was but it's lucky. It's definitely that kind of transition. Yeah, you're yeah, definitely yeah. gonna feel it. You feel, feel it. a little hurt if, if you convert. So, for example, luckily, field on farm had never been tilled since '07, so I have an advantage here. But but if it was, uh, then you would have to feel. You'll feel the pain. It's it's, it's like telling someone I'm a bodybuilder and I'm eating all, all those hormones. Right. And now I'm just gonna give you a vegan diet, but you still have to produce be a bodybuilder you sort of keep your muscles right it just gets it gets hard did you did you know like when you were working with phelan not that long ago i mean you knew to farm regeneratively that they had until that you had a head start or you stumble on that i'm just no, curious no, about no, these no, little no, things because no, they're so important i mean that sounds like a break no no it wasn't when i knew they had until that was an obvious of course you know i mean i've I, I talked to Jason Jardine at Hansel, who was an amazing farmer. He was, he was the first person who kind of told me about this path. And, of course, Mimi Castile, 
who is, you know, I mean, she is like, she should be like the president of I America know. to kind of save us She's from ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, so you, you see people who've, who've done this. It's not, you know, you see Nate, what's Nate doing at Hayu, yeah, and, you know, sure. Dan Rinke, who's, who's in Oregon also, and Art and Science. So, you know, the, the, there are people who talk about this and who kind of like, you know, of course, then you have Tablas Creek, right, our neighbors. I mean, they are... They are by the biodynamic. Oh, but they are regenerative. They're certified. I mean, they, what they do and is... And at a fairly large scale. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. It, I mean, it, I, you know, like, if I have a question, I call either Jason. go there, call, you know, yeah, Jason or, or, you know, Jordan. Right. Viticulture, and no, it's it's just all these people have done this, and we are doing it on a very small scale and with no resources. It's just me, and now hopefully I have you know I have Daniel starting to work with me. So, you know, it's just like you scratch the surface, and you try to use your resources because we don't have any. But now when you have resources, you can really kind of make a difference. But that community is willing to share too. One hundred percent, like oh, yeah. embrace and take in. And yeah, talk yeah, and show you everything. Yeah, if there's a question, you know. I spoke to Mimi the other day. I was like, you know, because it was a last year was rough. Just get through the whole year. You know, you farm all year and then you see you, you, you have no yield. You're like, oh, you know, <laughs> right. it's depressing. It it's is like, very depressing. You know. It's the old look in the sky. What am I doing? <laughs> move. You know, it's like, is this right or whatever? So she talks you off the ledge. Yeah, and I, I was just I, and what I do what I did this winter. I was just making sure I'm doing the right thing because. You know, it's like, you know, you have another shot because if this happens again, you know, it really kind of kind of punctures your whole idea of like, oh, I moved here, did this, and here, this is, you know. So it's it definitely is. Uh, You're tougher than that. Yeah, when you have to ask people who've done it before you and who kind of know know these things, I'm kind of living by trial. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, experienced in all these things. Do you, do you ever think, when is the trial period going to end? Or, <laughs> you, you know, you're getting there. You, you, I know it's an ongoing yeah. thing, but do yeah. you feel inwardly like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, all, we're, we're, we're close. All I can do is do my best, right? Right. And then Mother Nature has to respond to that. Right. And, and it's the dance we have, you know, and, and, and also the, the vineyards <clears throat> at Phelan are not like the, any most other vineyards because... There's no neighbors. There's no one around us. There's not like, uh, you know, there's, you can't see a vineyard. You can't see it's crazy a house. You can't see a person. There's no phone service. There's, there's no internet. So you, you're just there. You're out there. So, you know, it's a lot. You have to listen to nature and say, oh, yeah. Because we are, in a way, mimicking nature. nature. But when we do incorporate animals and we don't do, because I mean, think of a forest. Can you imagine if there's all these trees in the forest? Has anyone tilled a forest before? Yeah, because what or falls wake leaves down. or anything. Yeah, ex exactly. Yeah, so yeah. you know, so it's like, so you you know, you you're mimicking it, and yeah, if a, if a, a sheep comes and eats uh, like this this year, a bunch of all our shoots from the Mencia all got eaten by the sheep and the goats, and we lost like you know the whole oh, part. But it's like, what are you gonna do? Hey, this would happen if you're in a forest. Right. An animal will come and would eat whatever the shoots are, and then you live with spur pruning. So it's That's like... the cycle, the natural yeah, cycle. So yeah, it's, so, you know, you it's, you can get upset, but you do look inward and say, I hope... But I, I have a question to that. Were the sheep mistakenly led to Rome where they ate the shoots? I mean, it sounds well, like somebody opened the gate or something. No, no, what happened was we were... We, Mencia was the last thing we picked, and I think that what happened was... Uh, they when the sheep went in, they were supposed to go to the Chardonnay, the other side, but then they kind of made their way down to the Mencia, and the Mencia 
the the grapes had just been picked and they would still have you know green shoots right which and is they ate, appealing to them and they ate all the green shoots so that's cool. uh, we were like we we're happy if they leave the leaves they ate the leaves and the shoots right <laughs> right I remember when I was there, you would take cuttings and put them down in a pile and all the sheep would come by. It was like a treat for them. Uh, Raj, we got to take a quick break. Um, When we come back, I want to move towards varietals because that's maybe the next interesting thing and, you know, a passion of yours. So I want to talk about that. And, you know, I want to talk about, you know, winemaking. Um, how you're doing that. So we're talking to Raj Parr. Raj Parr is the proprietor of Phelan Farm, among other things. Um, You're listening to The Grape Nation on the Heritage Radio Network. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. All right, we're back. We're back with my guest, Raj Parr. Raj Parr of Phelan Farm in Cambria, California. Uh, what, Cambria is like three hours north of Santa Barbara? Yeah, two hours north of Santa Barbara, yeah. Uh, and how far from like San Luis Obispo and all that? Yeah, like 45 thir- minutes? 30 minutes, 30 yeah, minutes from Santa Barbara. It's a wonderful area. Um, but like you said before, it's <laughs> there are parts that are you know very isolated. All right, so let's talk about the varietals. Um, you know, to to make wine, you have to grow grapes. To grow grapes healthy, you have to farm. We talked about that. Um, but you had a vision, or you have a love or a passion for certain varietals, and you've translated that to Phelan Farm. I mean, I'm counting nearly a dozen varietals or something, and, you know, some names. So tell me about the varietals you chose. There's some overlap. There's some blending um, to grow and, and why. You tipped us off, Jura, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's I, you know, I love the Jura region, and, and, you know, it's a kind of a wild place with lots of trees and forest and that kind of stuff. So we, we planted, uh, grafted actually, over under Pinot Noir, we grafted um, Pulsard and Trousseau and Sauvignon. And then we have some Savo varieties like Mondos and Jacquet, Granger, Altesse. Uh, we have, of course, we have Gamay, Pinot and Chardonnay and a little um, pink Chardonnay mutation of, of Chardonnay. And then we have a little bit of, one little section of Mencia. Um from a little bit of sacra and and then we have some 
few vines of Palomino, uh, Mission, and Garnacha Tintorera, uh, Alicante Boucher. So we have, that's like becomes one kind of one wine, um, like kind of blend. a field blend. Yeah, field, field blend. blend. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much. So these, <laughs> these are the grapes you've always admired. Uh, we all love Burgundy, and you know we love a good Burgundy or whatever. But they're, these are more interesting to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love Pinot and Chardonnay. And we have some of that, but you've been doing that for years. Yeah, but so you know, and I and I love drinking Trousseau and Pulsard and Sauvignon, and uh, yeah, just kind of few things I love, and it's all you know. How does it match? Um, how does it match to soil climate? You know, you can't plant anything anywhere. Right. You knew you could succeed with these varietals? Yeah, so, you know, we did some soil studies and we had Brenna Quigley come and kind of check out the... Rock star. Yeah, the rock star, exactly. Right. And we kind of made some educated guesses. You know, it's they are, they are, I'm, I'm not saying that I kind of, you know, the, the, the heaviest the clay where the clay was, you know, with the highest organic matter, that's where the Sauvignon and the Pulsar went. The vineyard, which had the quartz, uh, that's where the you know pink chardonnay, chardonnay, trousseau, mencia went. The the sunniest part of the vineyard, with the kind of the more of the loamy soil, um, that's where we planted the mondos, the jacquer, uh, altes, and granger. And then the most vigorous site, that's where the the gamay is, uh, along with some pinot noir. Why vigorous, or why uh, because, does gamay have to be in a vigorous site? Because you can get a good yield, and okay. and the, the the plants can kind of handle the the quantity of grapes we want. Because you know, we, we, you know, you could make a low yielding gamay, but then it becomes very serious and dense. And we had that in twenty one, but you know, you want to make something more kind of easy drinking and low tannin, so something fresher. You have to explain something to me. The vineyard was there. Um, am I correct in assuming? the majority of the vines were Pinot and Chard? Yeah, mostly it was um, two acres of Chardonnay and then 9.2 uh, acres of, of uh, Pinot Noir. So everything we discussed, you grafted? Yeah, I've, I've saved the Chardonnay, a two-acre right. Chardonnay, I, 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 and, I, and, I, and, I, and I saved some of the uh, two acres of Pinot. The rest, everything right. was grafted, yeah. Um, but before you grafted what, where, you did the soil surveys like you described to know this would best thrive. Correct. I mean, you 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 knew what varietals, then you figured out, you know, where to plant them. Exactly, yeah. And that has worked out. I mean, did you make the right call, per se? Yes. Mostly so, so far, yes. Educated guesses. Okay. Well, you're, you're a good educated guesser. <laughs> you know, I'll give you that. Um, does that cover everything? You know, you talked about like literally a little Palomino and field blend. Yeah, I mean, is there anything bit. else that you're no. dying to put down or whatever? No, I think I think uh, you know I, w I would like to get a little bit uh, Sauvignon Rose. We have Sauvignon Vert, Sauvignon Jean. I would love to get Sauvignon Rose, so maybe next year or something. Uh, but nothing this year. Then I have a small apple. I planted forty-eight apple trees. Do you blend or you make cider? Uh, we haven't got a crop yet, but we're kind of maybe by next year we'll get a crop. What will you and do? And I it? will make uh, a co-fermentation 
of apples, fruit, uh, wine, apple. grapes, and apple. Exactly. Mm, I've been nice. making that already. I've been buying some, yeah. some, some apples, but uh, hopefully 24, we'll do it uh, from our own apples. That property, besides the Phelan family, has a little uh, history, right? I mean, the descendants of that area yeah. and that property kind of roamed it pretty freely. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of homes built in the 1800s in, wow. in, in Cambria. There's a whole section, even Mount Main Street, where there's old houses from the 1800s. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, all right, let's shift over to winemaking. We pick the grapes, we pick the sites, taking care of the soil. Uh, you pruned, you're picking, now you're making wine. Um, you have set yourself to a philosophy as it changed do you have to do different things at Phelan um I mean you this is a dumb word but you were never an inorganic farmer yeah, yeah. you know so nothing is new um but w what is the philosophy the philosophy is yeah, it tweaked it's, it's, or it's, it's, more it's, it's focused the, here it's the same it's like you know what what me and Sashi have done in in the past we kind of you know, we both came from cooking backgrounds, so we have intuitive winemakers. We kind of taste and kind of make decisions. Uh, it's very simple, you know. I mean, like in 21, it was all whole cluster. 22 was so small, so we kind of destemmed it. So 23, I have no idea what I'm going to do. But it's the yeah, idea. Should it, be vintage vibe. vibe yeah, vintage, so right? it's, it's very kind of, kind of hands-off. We kind of don't overthink anything. We don't, of course, we don't, you know, in the vineyard, we don't spray any sulfur <laughs> or copper or anything. And then in the cellar, we kind of same thing. We don't add any sulfur uh, or anything to to the grapes. The and naturally occurring sulfur, yeah, naturally works well enough. Yeah, and, now and, that you've shipped wines yeah, and, and laid them down, everything is, yeah, is okay. Uh, yeah, I think so. We've we've tasted wines in in France and in in the UK and in Sweden. Uh, so you know, the wines everything's have, good. Everything's good. Uh, Everyone and, says that goes back to the soil. Yeah, I mean, partially, right? Yeah, I, mean, I guess again, things like I, I, I can't answer them because I don't know for a fact how, it, how it all works. But, but so far with the, you know, we've had good pHs and the wines have been stable. and We've left them that way. We don't, you know, I, I'm not, you know, uh, I, I, I love natural wine, but I, I don't want uh, the wines to, you know, be, uh, you know. Not correct. It is rightly, right. correct, and right. and so we try to kind of keep it, keep it in that way. So winemaking is very simple. It's nothing right too complicated. It's just fermentation. Tell me about and, and then we'll and then, finish fermentation. Yeah, for, but is it predominantly whole bunch, whole cluster? Or yeah, like you said, depending it, on it, yeah on the vintage, and then and then one of the big things is that we don't move the wine too much. So once the wine is pressed. You know, and and the and what what do you press the wine in? Uh, now we have a you know uh, a pneumatic press, but okay. before that we had a hand press. We have both, um, <laughs> and that press. yeah. So you know, so and then once the wine goes in barrel, you know, we may or may not use a pump. That's because the wine is still sweet at the time, but when it becomes dry, we'd never use a pump after that. After that, why? I mean, what what Just, what does it do? You know, to, to preserve the natural CO2 and not to okay. kind of disturb the microbes. It's, a, it's, it's the same a thing. Disturbance it's disturbance. It's the same thing when we make compost tea. You know, we can't pump the compost tea because it'll kill the microbes. Right. So the you whole know, point of what Yeah, so doing. same thing in, in, in the wine. So we kind of 
rack the day before we bottle most of the wines. Uh, and we do it by gravity. It's bottled by hand with gravity. No temperature controls. Uh, we don't control temperature. You know, we have a, in, in the wine cellar, we have a, a, a AC unit that uses recycled air from outside. Yeah, but that's so environment. I'm talking about temperature controlled tanks. And stuff. No, no, yeah, yeah. no temperature controlled yeah. tanks. What about uh, the wood? Is it neutral? Is yeah, it, most is it all, a mixture of wood and steel? Or yeah, most of the aging is done in in in, in barrels in either two twenty eight or five hundred. Is it a preference like or twelve hundred? Or it's you know a mix of French. We have Stockinger, which is Austrian, so we have different different vessels we age it in, and um, you know of course the idea is to use only in older barrels, but you know when we buy a Stockinger two thousand liter. Uh, oval, you have to buy it new. You can't buy it right. <laughs> used. So you yeah. know, maybe for you know. So, but the idea is not to have you know any wines that are, you know, have oaky flavors or right. It's just yeah. you know, and and then and the wines are you know. Getting but bottled. are you stuck with that with the new Stockinger to some extent or? Oh, I love it. No, I love I love the big format, and then we can age the wine in there. But I mean, the newer oak, you have yeah. to manage that, right? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, that's you, what I mean. When you when you have when you have the barrels, you have to uh, yeah, you make sure it's clean and steamed. And if it's empty, well, the best is, is best is if it's full, then you know, like you don't yeah. worry about it. No fining, no filtration, right? Correct. No fining, no filtration. I would add sulfur if need be. What? Uh, when you say need be, what's an indication of why you would have to? Uh, you know, if 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 the VA is really. Uh, Escalating, uh, so we have to kind of, you know, uh, so in, in some, it's maybe in the last vintage, we've used it twice, you know, for two wines. That's, so that's not a lot. And, and then otherwise, you know, you know again, I'm not, I'm not a, a hardcore dogma of no sulfur or anything. Right. But but if the, the pH is low and wine tastes good. And, and, right. And yeah. Based on that, you're not using it much. Yeah. Um, conscious about bottles? You use normal bottles, lighter uh, the light, bottles? The lightest bottled humanly possible. You can't, okay. Yeah. From day one of failing, yeah, 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 your yeah, first yeah. bottling? Yeah, same bottles are used in 21 it, and in 22. Is uh, there any reason not to do that? I mean, is there a shipping <laughs> reason or, yeah, or big, big a bottle, damage reason? Uh, big or? bottles look fancier, but yeah, heavy glasses. But I mean, beyond aesthetics, yeah. it's a little more protective or... How much yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Light bottles yeah. also carry in cases, and also we use, you know, we use we used uh, glass made from recycled glass because if you, you don't use flint, if you use if you you know a lot of natural wine are in flint, like see through glasses. All oh, right, but those take sixty percent more energy to um, uh, to make because they come from fresh glass. Yeah, I mean the the issue and topic is you know under more discussion than ever so hopefully people are yeah even consumers yeah you know, are, are pushing from there and, I mean, and we don't put any caps on them we have we use wax on some of the wines and that's the bees wax we have from our bees in cambria so that's how you make the wine um, we'll talk about how to get it and you know maybe some specifics we we talked about the um the varietals and those are all translated into specific wines. Um, I don't think regret is the right word, but you go back in a couple of weeks, you may be standing in the rain in the middle of this farm. I mean, you're happier than ever. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, I mean, yeah. is this a stop or this is going to be your life? Oh, this is life. This, this is, is it. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, 
just turned 50, you know? So this is this is definitely... Uh, this is where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, I, sure. think, I think it's <laughs> awesome. Um, you know, I'm very happy for you for that. And I'm very happy that you're taking all your uh, energy and expertise and continuing to make wine. All right, so I said we'd talk a little about some other stuff. You, I don't know anybody who has so much stuff going on and we talked about it off air and there's a reason a lot of it involves friends or projects that interest you and all of that but let's talk about a couple things there's something new on the table that you're involved with it's called the way is it plural the waves waves yeah mm-hmm. quickly tell me you know what that is and yeah. why it's a cool idea yeah it's a it's a online platform uh where you can buy in honest wines, uh, wines made uh, with uh, minimum intervention and, you know, more natural wines. So it's a curation of what you guys think are the best things out there. Yeah, yeah. And it's a subscription model. You can buy, you know, two bottles of time, six bottles, 12 bottles, or you can buy a la carte from the So that's the description, these curated natural wines. Leave it to the experts and then you subscribe and you pick your bottle count, right? Exactly, and or you can go in and you can. There's a a la carte, a la carte, a la carte like section. If you you're can looking kind of, for. Um, um, yeah. This is the last question I want to ask you, but help me answer it. I mean, it's not the first guy doing this. Why is this right or different? Because of the people. I think I think all of us who are involved, you know, we really want to kind of talk about, uh, you know, the, the wines that that matter, the wines that are like pure. Because there's a lot of wines out there which is, you know. Completely conventionally produced right. and, and sort of says or it's perceived one way and it's really not right. And, and this is what we stand for, and these are the pillars we have. And and kind of, I think people are asking more questions about yes, you know, how the food is grown and how the grapes are grown and how the wine is made. And I think it's an important conversation. Uh, so it's this here's an avenue you can because I mean, there's many other platforms to buy wine. Uh, but you know, like yeah. this, but but really, uh, this is kind of more geared towards the people who are more conscientious right. about with well, people that are conscientious driving it. You know, yeah, it's about all that. Exactly. Um, tell me about something that I recently noticed hasn't been around. Par Collective. Yeah, uh, the Par Collective is a small community uh, of. Like-minded people who I'm, you know, creating in, in a small 200 members, and because we make so many different wines, so it's like a, a club or yeah, a it's, membership. It's, yeah, it's a small. Again, I hate to use the word like exclusive, but yeah, it's it's a small, uh, small uh, uh, wine club of sorts of the wines I'm currently making in Cambria around Cambria, and uh, so is we just launched it. We're going to start with 200 members. And I'm going to make specific wines just for them. And that's going to be. And then, didn't and then, you do that? Do you, didn't you have like the Raj Par Wine Club? I mean, do you yep. still have that or this replace? And I always saw it as you were able to release stuff that was, you know, you wouldn't do it at Domaine de la Code or even. Sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no. We, we do that uh, Raj Par Wine Club, which is kind of tra- okay. transitioning into uh, the Sandy Wine Club. Okay. Um, and then, and then this is something I'm doing myself. And I mean, the this collective is, it, so is it's, something yeah, so the park collective. It's basically what the difference here is that these, I also want to create this network of these people who want 
to kind of follow my mind in a way and 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 have be, wine and, and, and be, community not yeah. just selling wine exactly be yeah. a, be a part of like you know be a part I like of like that be a part of the the, the small community and and you know I don't think you'll and, have and, trouble attracting people no but you know you're gonna start at 200 but then I really want to kind of create this website with a lot of information about the farming about the top producers you know because like instead of like you know I mean, everything all the things I love in life, I want to put it down in this manner. But in reading this. it, it's very interactive. All those 100%. things where you'll do events. And 100%. You'll invite people and yeah. you'll make yourself accessible. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, the community. It's, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, one of the things, you know, I miss the most uh, outside of traveling because, I mean, I don't want to travel, but I do want to meet people and talk to people. Right. And, and this is you know, a I mean, good content. I don't think any, anybody knew what Zoom was five years ago, you know. No. So, so you know, so I still want to be connected with people and people who want to be connected with me. It's not, I'm not forcing anyone to do it, but if someone does want to kind of, you know, follow follow the journey and kind of be a part of this experience. And I think that's great. And it's, it's brand new. Yeah. Um, we'll tell everyone where to go. We talked about Sunday and Domain Delacote. You're still involved. Yep, you know, absolutely. I, I don't know if changing your role, but you're there and you're doing it the way you guys decided to do that. Um, still making yep, wonderful absolutely. wines. I think I just got my Domain Delacote offering nice. in the mail this week. Yeah, I yeah that's right. It was. Yeah. All right, so there's that. Um, tell me what's Bridge Wines. Is that a local winery that you're? No, Bridge Wines is basically. B-R-I-J. Yeah, that's my father's name. Okay. So it's just the negociant arm of Elon Farm. Oh, okay. So the wines we the, 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 the wines we the grapes we buy from friends and other people. All right. Let's talk about Scythians. You mentioned Abe. Yeah. Um, you and Abe um, do stuff and wander around and do fun <laughs> things like take hundred year old uh, vineyards in a parking lot in LA or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's it's, it's a it's a small kind of. Uh, you know, a wine uh, wine label that we focus on the wines from the Cucamonga area because uh, most people don't realize that the beginning of California wine, the center of California wine was was around Cucamonga and Los Angeles. They have wineries there and, and through the 1800s. And then with Pierce's disease and industrialization and moved away everything kind of died and now there's only like six seven hundred acres of vines left and we are you know honored to work with uh, uh, the the Galliano family and and have access to some grapes from their home vineyard and some other vineyards that they that they oversee and manage and these vines are hundred plus years old of Palomino and Zinfandel but and they needed some attention, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, hundred percent. You know, I mean, the, they, 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 have, they haven't moved. They've been there for a long, long time, and they've made wine there a long, long time. And I think that it's we are super excited to make wine from those vineyards and share with the world. And you've made what a couple of years worth of wine, or yes, yeah, two vintages. I've made Abe's made four vintages, and everything is fulfills your expectations. Yeah, always no. could be tweaked or whatever. Yeah, but no, it's, what it's, you set out to do. Yeah, it's it's above and beyond what we ever imagined. And and you know now we're gonna work with uh, Jose Pastor, who's gonna you know it's gonna be it's his first California uh, wine he's gonna be distributing oh, really? in in, cool. in in the U.S. I'm super excited about these 
about these wines. Yeah, it's an interesting project. All right, just buzzing a few, a few other things. You make champagne with Marco Pelletier. <laughs> you make Merlot with Marie Ponsonet, right? I yeah. mean, these are, like you said, friends, things you like to do. Yeah. Not in it for the money, worth the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, no, Marco, Marco uh, came to me and said, oh, we have this access to the vineyard and in uh, in Le Manil. I'm like, yeah. Manil is like yeah, so you know, it was it was fun to start something small. I very tasted small. them yesterday. Yeah, I mean they're they're tasting very well. Um, what's Stolo? Is that a winery that you're helping in yeah, Cambria? Exactly. That's they a, do their own thing, but you come in and help them. Yeah, so I make their wine and I make my wine. I was going to ask you. I forgot to ask you where you physically make Phelan. I yeah. know you make you know Lampac and yeah, it's Stolo in Cambria. It's the okay. only winery in Cambria. And uh, yeah, we make the wines. I make their wines and, and 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 our wines, and they have a winery there and a tasting room and everything else. So the obvious follow-up question would be: Do you want to? Do you need to? Should you build a winery of your own somewhere? <laughs> yeah, that would be a dream, but I don't think that's impossible in Cambria. Getting permits would be impossible. So it's not even like. First thing is like money, or I don't want to bring part. It's yeah. like I can't even get through the permit. Uh, yeah, it's, that's crazy. That's yeah. discouraging. Yeah, you don't even get the ad bad with that nonsense, right? Yeah, Jesus. no, that that's that we you know it, it took them seven years to get permits. So and let's not forget, you love to cook. You were a restaurateur. <laughs> you know, you help Michael Mina. You have your hands in a couple of restaurants, right? Yeah, no, I'm out of all restaurants. Oh, you are. Yes, yeah, I'm glad we cleared that up. Successfully escaped the restaurant world. I don't regret that. I wish you were still there, but the way your life's going, <laughs> you don't need that uh, nonsense. All right. Um, if we missed anything, there's always next time, Raj. But nobody leaves without doing the wine list. I told you you had to do this. Five questions. Everyone's been asked the same five questions, so it's not like you know the question to the jour. Uh, the second show I ever did is the same questions. Here's the first question. Don't spend a lot of time on them because I got to get you out of here and I don't need long-winded answers anyway. What are you drinking now? What's in your fridge? Do the seasons change stuff? Are you curious about stuff? Are you drinking for the vineyard? Do you have to taste your own wines? Yeah. What are you drinking? Well, right now uh, it's been cold and wet, so... For whites, we've been uh, drinking uh, Savoie whites. Okay, you, know, and, you love the Savoie too. Uh, yeah. We didn't mention, you know, and and then also like for reds, I've been drinking Nebbiolo, I've been drinking Mondos, kind of Syrah. So I think you know, kind of winter, winter reds, and yeah, it's been it's been wonderful. Okay, so that fits under your uh, umbrella. Consistent. Um, this is the goofiest question on the list, but it's a good one for you because you're like a true foodie in every sense. Preparation, knowledge, you know, all of that stuff. Interest. Favorite wine and food pairing. Now, I've asked you this before, so it's the answer's on record. Could have yeah. changed, could be the same. I'll no, check it. No, 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 no. It's still, I mean, you know. And it's not something you obviously eat every night, week. Yeah, know. no. I mean, I, but I, what's the ooh-ah, Raj I, I, no, pairing? Not the, what you think, what no, you the, love. The, 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 it's always the same. It's like, you know. Uh, roast chicken and the Syrah, like Cornas or Coroti. That's like, you know, that's like, that's been kind of go-to for a Is long Saint time. St. Joseph too big Saint for Joseph. the chicken? Or no, St. Joseph okay. would work. Or, yeah, All right. Northern Ron Syrah. All right, so you like that chicken with the Northern Ron. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, man. No. All right. We just talked about restaurants. 
tell me about your favorite wine restaurants and or bars. And let me set that up for you a little. There's a ton. You've traveled. By mentioning stuff doesn't mean it's your ultimate favorite and you left yeah, the yeah, friend. Yeah. But just tell me people that you admire, that have a great program, have a good vibe, they're knowledgeable. It's just a fun place to go into. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. I mean, anywhere, New York, uh, you know, Cambridge, San Fran, whatever pops into your mind. Yeah, but it has to be a wine restaurant. No. Restaurant no. with great wine service or a wine bar. Yeah, no, you know, you, you know, I mean, I'll tell you the great restaurant I went to a couple of days ago, which is one of my favorite restaurants anywhere now. It's called Safi's in, in Los Angeles. I saw it just opened and up. It's just, less than uh, a year. yeah, it's so great. It's the food. They is, have a good uh, wine program? Yeah, they have, they have a, yeah. Really that's good. A good. See, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, we had a nice Arinto from my friend Mike Roth from Lo-Fi Wines. Mm -hmm. And, you know, great seafood and I vegetables. I visited Mike when I visited you. We yeah. went to his barrel, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, 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 a, it's a terrific restaurant. It's, it's hard to get into. The food is just yeah. insane. Give me something else like that. Any place uh, another, in New York. Oh, yeah. That, I, mean, yeah. I mean, last time we went to, we went to Sema. Yes. I mean, that's... You don't have to prop them up. They're just... one of the best restaurants <laughs> in the year. But talk to me about the wine there. Yeah, no, we, we drank champagne. We drank okay. Chardonnay Thai and... Goes well with that yeah. food. Yeah. Um, what about... By you? Oh, the, in, the, there's... You know, I, I, I don't... send me that I, burrito I don't, place, I don't, but I don't, they don't have wine. No. Zuni Cafe is the closest place we, yeah. you know, up north. That's a destination. Before I got on a flight somewhere, like, you know. But everyone knows Zuni. <laughs> I mean, the story of Zuni has been documented by the New York Times like five times over, not that <laughs> long ago. The wine program oh, it's great. is soft. You know, yeah. whoever's curating it is, you know, still doing a good job. All right, those are good ones. All right, fourth question. Favorite all-time wine? Huh, huh. Don't answer it yet. When I structured the question, my mindset was, what's the most expensive rare wine Raj ever tasted? Because you're an example of somebody who's been around that type yeah. of wine. I don't care about that anymore. The answer I'm looking for is, can you identify that wine that changed the way you thought about wine, that was a gateway, that influenced you, yeah. that inspired you. I can go on with the adjective. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Important it, to you. You know, it, it always comes back to, like, one person, you know, one wine. It's, you know, uh, I go see Jean-Louis Chave, you know, almost every year. Uh -huh. uh, and then, you know, and he's it's generous. And, you know, he opened a bottle that we had together an older you know, twenty yeah, twenty years ago, and he opened it like you know, and and it was a white, you know, because no one pays respect to right. uh, those to white because you know, and yeah, yeah. So you know, do you remember vintage? Yeah, sixty two, sixty two Hermitage Blanc. Yeah, Chave. Yeah, and what year was that? Well, the first time I had it with him was in like nineteen ninety nine. Okay. And then I had it. Was again. that a holy shit wine you tasted? Yeah, because like, but, but back then, out of context, you're young. It's like you're having it. Like, yeah, this is like yeah. 23, 24 that, years. You know ago. that and you have it now. You're like, oh my god, this is like you know that all adds up. That makes sense. I didn't mention, but I post these answers online. People love to hear. Here's the final question, and you should be capable in answering this. Uh, I want you to recommend to me the best wines 
between 15, 20, 22 bucks. I want a red. I want a white. You can go category. Personally, I always say Muscadet, the right stuff, is a great yeah. value for the money. Where do you put me with that? And the redundant setup on that is my kids are in their mid-late 20s. They can't show up at a dinner party or give a gift of supermarket wine. Yeah. No. But they're not dropping 40 either. I mean, you know, you have to – that price point is difficult because – it's just hard to get honest wines at this price. But but there are some, you know, I mean, I think, I think South America is a good example. You can, Chile. Chile, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Itata, there's a producer, the producer called Makato. Spell. M-A-C-A-T-H-O. They make, they make pais and they make a... In a sense, and they're so in that they, they make a range. They, yeah, 20-ish range. They make a Syrah. A lot of those guys are organic. Oh, yeah. No, this know. is like, yeah. So Chile, those are the that, reds? Yeah. Chilean reds. I'll take that and run with it. What about uh, white? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, of course, everyone will say probably Muscadet. That will be like you can. It's easy. It's it's easy, you know, or or a Riesling. I, I, can you I'll, still get? I'll, I'll have to re- research of, you know, what what I would drink at that at that at that yeah, price point. There's you know, but Riesling available at twenty, but who knows? All right, so I'm going to go with those. All right, Raj, we wrap this show up with our final feature, the weekly wine sip. Every week we taste a different wine on air for the weekly wine sip. It's always great for a winemaker to bring their wines in. Uh, We discussed yesterday that you were going to bring Phelan Farm Pet I'm going to open it, and you're going to tell me right now a little about it. Yeah, this is uh, a pet nut of Gamay and Pinot Noir uh, from from Pinot Farm, and it was just uh, disgorged. My friend uh, Michael Michael Cruz, he uh, Michael was helping you with this. Yeah, yeah, Michael made it. He did. Yeah, wow, no. that's a that's a scoop. No, because you know he, he's a good good friend, and, he, and this is you know I grew the grapes and and he put it in bottles, so. And that's our that's uh, that's our collaboration. So tell me the physicality of that you grew the grapes. He yeah. comes down where did you make yeah, this yeah, in he, Stolo? Or? No, he he come he came to he came to the vineyard, picked it up, took it back to oh, Petaluma. Okay. I got it. And so uh, it's it's your grapes. His so it's a Michael Cruz Phelan vineyard designate in a way, right? Okay. It's, it's but it's Phelan Farm, and then yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, yeah, he, he makes it. And yeah. all right, so I was bending down like. Uh, opening it you said it's gamay and, and pinot noir 50 50 all right so let's uh let's do the old evaluation let's give it a sniff and we're going to throw it over the uh tongue and talk about it so color it's this gorgeous salmon i mean it ain't pink and it's not red it's not orange it's not a kansas city chief jersey um it's kind of this pinky salmon right yeah where's that from is that it's just, just whole, the blend of the two yeah, grapes. Yeah, whole cl- whole cluster just pressed together and and uh, all right. Nose, I suck at descriptors. Yeah, <laughs> tell no, me what you get. No, it smells like beautiful little strawberries and cherries and kind so of red fruit. Yeah, lemon candy, kind of that. Mm. I can never, you know, you go yeah. lemon candy. Oh yeah, it's, it's there. Um, all right, so mouthfeel. Does pet net? Have a 
traditional mouthfeel, like certain champagnes, the mousse is yeah. fine, summer middle. Yeah, it de depends. This is a disgorged pet net, so it's not really like most pet nets are not disgorged, but but I wanted to have it clear and not waste any. So to explain, pet nets one time fermented, you yeah. disgorge this, which means what? You which went we, in a we, second time? Yeah, we don't just, you know, it was fermented in the bottle, the same bottle, and it's just disgorged, so it's, you know, it's take the sediment out and... Do you go through put, that put freezing it, the neck yeah, process exactly. and popping it Pop out? Pop it out, put, then put the cork, put the cap back on and top it and oh, voila. If you didn't do that, you wouldn't have, you would have sediment and maybe yeah, less it, clarity. It, would yeah. it affect the flavor? Uh, it would kind of definitely mute the nose a little bit. I mean, it's it's you know, it's 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 not, it's not fine to filter it. It's just kind of disgorged. So, all right. So, palate. Does the palate descriptors replicate the nose descriptors? And is there anything else? No, I think so. I think it has the same. You got that strawberry, a little cherry. Yeah. Do you have that citrusy lemon in there? Yeah, definitely. On the finish, you got that kind of, kind of. Orange candy, lemon candy. Kind it's of. awesome, man, because the fruit is there and it's dry enough. Oh, yeah, it's bone dry. The the bubbles are, like, perfect. You know, it's not blowing up in your mouth. It's yeah. no, you know, flat and all that. All right, so what? Um, what's the perfect pair for this? Oh, this, you know, little charcuterie on the, on the beach or on the patio. Is this a similar pairing to a champagne? Yeah, I think so. Can you do fried foods and popcorn and yeah. all that crazy stuff? 100%. Pizza? Pizza sounds delicious. Pizza, Doritos. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we just tasted the 2022 Phelan Farm Pet Nat. That's the front label. It's a beautiful pink label with one of the drawings of the farm. Um, it's 50% Gamay, 50% Pinot Noir made on the uh, slow coast and if you know sparkling wines from california you know who michael cruz is and michael helped uh, um, raj make this what's approximate retail on this this not, is not uh, like 59 okay yeah. so this is um this is more of a i hate to say it because i hate to say that champagne celebratory but at that price point, because you can get Pinot for less, this is a celebratory Pet Nat. Yeah. This is a special occasion Pet Nat. You want to drink Pet Nat for less? There's other stuff. You want a ball? You drink this. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. All right. So you're happy. Is this your first Pet Nat? From Phelan, yes. Yeah. You're happy with the way it came yeah, out? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Raj, we got to wrap up. I got to do a quick wrap up. I want to get some info from you, and then you're on your way back to the farm. Standing in the middle of the farm with no one to talk to and wondering, as David Burns said, how did I get here? Um, all right. So if you have a question, suggestion, wine happening or event, hit me up at Sam at the Grape That's Sam at the Grape Subscribe to the Grape Nation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Leave a review if you like the podcast. 
Follow us on Instagram at SBenRuby, Twitter at BenRuby. A little confusing, but you can always get to us there by way of the hashtag The Grape Nation. We are on Facebook at The Grape Nation. As I mentioned, we will post Raj's wine list answers, and I will give you the specific information on the uh, weekly wine sip the pet net. Um, it'll be on our social media sites. All right, so Raj, let's focus on um, Phelan first. If people want more information about the wines, what's the best the website? Uh, yeah, the website, uh, failandfarm.com. And um, there's commerce there. You could buy stuff. I think yep. you have 2023. Yeah, we had just uh, the 20, uh, some of the 2021 and 22 twos have just um, just been released, uh, I think, this week. So. Okay. Um, and can you access, not access, but can you get information on that site for Par Collective or that's separate? Par Collective is a separate website, so that'll be parcollective.com. And how do I hit that? www.parcollective.com? Yeah, exactly. You can, okay. you can get information right there. You can join right there. Okay. And then... Um, Sandhi, S-A-N-D-H-I. Yes. You can go there. Sandy. Domain de la Cote. Yep. Domain, D-E-L-A-C-O-T-E. Yeah. Um, arguably some of the best Pinot, let alone California Pinot. Um, I've been buying it for years and drinking it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then the other stuff we talked about, Waves. Yep. Dot com. Yeah. The, Scythians. The waves uh, dot wine. Dot wine. And Scythians. That's that's going to be all in, in Phelan website. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that'll the come Scythian together. Scythian bridge and all going to be. And if people want to follow you, you, they go to Rajpar. At yeah. Rajpar for. At, at Rajatpar. R-A-J-A-T. At Rajatpar. Um, at Instagram, is that where you do most of your That's all. Playing? It's the only social media. You're not putzing around with Twitter. Or... No. No. Okay. That's fine. That's that's where all, we all are. All right. I uh, I want to thank our guest, Raj Parr, for taking the time of a busy schedule. Not when he's at Phelan, because he's just standing around looking up at the sky. <laughs> but when he's traveling, he's got a very, very busy schedule. So I want to thank you for sitting down. I want to thank you. I want to remind people this is our 250th episode. So I'll always remember the 250 because I know that it's you. <laughs> um, so thank you, Raj, for doing that. Continued success with everything. Um, thanks to our engineer, Armin, and everyone at the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sam Ben Ruby, and you've been listening to The Grape Nation. The Grape Nation is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.